Hello and welcome back to What Goes Bump of the Night. I'm Riley Clark and alongside me is... Trevor Jensen. And we are back with episode 22. 2-2. Two, two. Edition 7 of Does It Go Bump? Wah, 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 wah. Buzzer mode activate. Again, we are back with another story from the No Sleep Reddit form. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Last one was a doozy. This one's bound to be a doozy. What it's do we got? Heavy. Okay. So, without further ado, we're just gonna go ahead and get right into it. This story was posted by Life is Strange Me Too. L- yeah, Life's is Strange Me Too. Who comes up with these names? I don't know. I like it. <laughs> uh the story title is I Met a Demon on the Tokyo Subway. Okay. (laughs) I'm sorry, guys. It's just been a long day. Okay. This story is a retelling of something that happened to me when I was seven years old. As the years have gone by and I've grown up, I've realized that the story cannot possibly be true, yet I cannot shake the feeling that it is. It happened in Tokyo, in the subway station. I was standing with my father when I saw the demon. A monstrously tall and furry creature with leathery black wings and a snout like an anteater. I must have stared at him for close to ten minutes before he finally spoke in a soft mutter that was clearly intended for his ears only. This human is creeping me out. He said. It almost looks like it's looking right at me. I am looking right at you, I said. The demon nearly jumped out of his skin. You can see me? He asked. Yes. Can't everybody? Not unless they're in the fifth dimension. Am I in the fifth dimension, I asked? Your mind must have slipped over here by mistake. What were you thinking about before you saw me? I thought for a moment, and then grinned. Trains! Oh, well, trains are the link between our dimensions. I guess your mind must just have wandered over here. Either that, or you're going crazy. I hope I'm not going crazy, I said. Being crazy is a good thing in the fifth dimension. The demon replied. I laughed. Do you have subway lines in the fifth dimension, I asked? Of course, he said. How else would we get to work? You've got wings, I said. Yes, but who wants to fly? Taking a train is so much faster. And if I fly to work, I'm all sweaty when I get there. So what do you use your wings for, I asked. I put them over my head when it rains. Can I see? I asked. Sure, the demon said. My hair blew back as he swooped his enormous wings over his head. I laughed again. You're funny, I said. The demon laughed too, but then his expression changed. Are you okay? I asked. You seem sad. Yes, yes. The demon replied, not looking at me but at something behind me. Would you like to see a magic trick? Okay. The demon reached up and tugged a big rainbow handkerchief out of his snout. He must have pulled out 20 feet before he ran out. That's funny. I laughed, but I stopped when I realized I wasn't holding my dad's hand anymore. I looked around and saw the subway station had disappeared, replaced by flowing green meadows that were full of old trains. I can't see the subway station anymore, I said. That's okay, said the demon. Sometimes it's better to see what isn't there. 
instead of what is. What do you mean? Sometimes when I'm bored or sad, my mind slips off the third dimension, and I see people like you. That's funny. I laughed. Can you go to other dimensions too? But the demon didn't answer. He was looking up at the sky. It's starting to rain. He said, whooshing his wings up over his head. Warm droplets of rain hit my face. Can I get under your wings with you, I asked. Not now, he replied. You've got to go home. The world began to shimmer and flow together like different shades of green and golden paint, spinning around faster and faster in circles. I started to feel a little sick and I closed my eyes. The world stopped spinning, but the warm droplets of water still fell on my face. I opened my eyes and I saw my mom crying over me, but I didn't see my dad. Where's dad? I asked her. Didn't he bring me home? Yes, darling, she said, although she didn't look at me when she said it. He brought you home, and then he had to go away. Oh? I replied, when will he be back? I don't know, she said. My dad never did come back, and it was years before I found out the truth. He had killed himself that day. That morning he had written a note to my mother explaining that he intended to bring me along and step in front of the train with me. My mother found it when she got home from work and called the police, but it was too late to stop my father. The witnesses say that just before he jumped, I pulled away from his hand and ran off, fainting right after. But one of the witnesses, a little boy around my age, said that he saw something take my hand and lead me away from the speeding train. He said it was a monstrously tall and furry creature with leathery black wings and an anteater's snout. Well, that's something new that we haven't talked about before. That was heavy. Heavy, heavy topic. A little, a little trigger warning. Yeah, so... I mean, his dad was really trying to kill both of them that day. Yeah, he was trying to commit suicide and kill both of them, which is, whoa. I wasn't expecting it to take that turn. No, me either. But why would a demon protect a child? I know. I was trying to wrap my head around that the whole time, too. Like, isn't their whole object to collect souls? I don't know if it's, like, to collect souls. But, like, you still think, like, demons aren't necessarily like intertwined with like human beings per se like like they don't like live their day to day because like he said he's on the fifth dimension they're on the third dimension why would he have any reason to fuck with that kid right like that's that's what i'm getting out of it at least so it's like i think is it curiosity maybe the demon was perked that he the kid could see him and communicate with them and he's like whoa this is new yeah morbid curiosity is what it really could be but even then, you still think, like, huh, is it, like, it, is it, it like, a you perfect think, time type why thing? Was, why was the demon there? Did the yeah. demon know that his dad was going to do that? Was the demon actually an angel? And the person that wrote the story had a guardian angel, and he perceived a it as a demon? looking one? Oh, man. I'm going <laughs> to go down a rabbit hole here for a second. What if, what if... Ain't your face was a fallen angel that had some type of relation to the kid or like it was his dad's soul that had already passed on 
before it even happened. And it was like, I'm going to help you. Because I, I, it just doesn't make sense why the demon would be as friendly as he was to the kid. Because he could have scared the shit out of him. Yeah. Or he could have killed him. He could have with him. And then the other kid that was there saw the same thing. That's the other thing I want to get into. Children are more perceptible to the otherworldly stuff like that. And it's... So they say. I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say I believe it. Like, our good buddy Anthony has said when he was a kid he's had experiences like that and that's a first-hand account of a real life telling like yeah this is reddit but like i know people that have said like when i was a kid i've seen things so i i wonder if this is like a could be like somewhat real story too kind of like the other one we read where it's like it has like basis in reality there is a similarity he mentions the watercolor thing yeah when he went from another dimension to the next yeah, where it's like a phasing in and out of like planes. Yeah, he described it like water. I don't know if it's really necessarily the watercolor feel, but like similar, very, very close. Well, do we want to say this one bumps? I don't know if it has exactly everything I want to say that it bumps. It's a good story. Hmm, you're right. I'm going to give it like two bumps out of ten. Because you're right, it's a very good story, but it's lacking on the horror department. <laughs> the only <laughs> horror aspect of it is like, holy shit, he was going to kill his kid himself. Like, that's that's like the only creepy part that I really got out of it. Other than that, it's just like, I'd be kind of interested in having an, an encounter like that. Right. Like, I don't know, like maybe I'm just weird where it's like, I like otherworldly stuff like that, but shoot. I, I could only imagine having a conversation with something else that wasn't intending to harm me. I don't know how I would respond to that either. But this next story that we're about to read is something I don't know if I think I ever want to run into. Posted by Inuk Shaken. The story is, I was in prison for 15 years. There was a skinwalker in there with us. A little background first, I was serving a 15-year sentence in a penitentiary in southern Arizona. What I was in there for isn't important. During my stay there, there was countless things that happened that no one could explain, and even more that no one wanted to know more about. It all started with a prison legend. Supposedly, years ago, something awful and unexplainable happened in this prison. Every morning, we'd be woken up and expected to stand near the front of our cells while guards visually confirmed we were present and accounted for. Apparently, about a year before I got sent there, the most brutal and unexplainable thing happened during one of these routines. A man who had a cell to himself looked very off during this check. When a guard pulled over another guard to help him check it out, they found it wasn't actually the prisoner they were expecting at all. It was a totally different man. This man was wearing the skin of the other man over him, loosely fitting, draped over him, apparently looked like a real monster. The scariest thing was the guy wearing the skin was not an inmate. They had no idea how he even got into the prison, let alone a cell. What's worse is they could have even figured out who the hell he was. It was, wasn't documented anywhere. And what's worse than that 
They never even found the body of the man the skin he was wearing. Pretty grisly stuff, I know. And I realize that's not the go-to definition of a skinwalker, but that's what the prison called him, the skinwalker. Didn't help that the guy never talked, apparently. Anyway, that's what started the whole skinwalker superstition around the yard. Apparently, the guy got shipped to a different spot about a month after it happened, and just about everyone in Gen Pop felt all the better for it. I heard about the story on the second day of my stay. Hell of a story here to place in your home for the foreseeable future. Now on to the real shit though. Sure, that guy was the skinwalker, but all he did in the long run was get an old lifer Navajo inmate to tell everyone about actual skinwalkers. It seemed like a lot to the prison culture. Actually, revolved around them. Now, apparently, skinwalkers are tricky to point out on the spot, but if you manage to survive around one for more than a minute or two, almost everyone can tell the mannerisms are all off. They can mimic human speech, but not replicate it. They twitch manically. They have an unnatural gait while walking, but apparently, they got better with experience. The old Navajo guy, his name was Carl, said he was sure there was an actual one among the prisoners, slowly picking us off over the years. He called it the Grand Master Skinwalker. At one point, apparently, he thought had human mannerisms down so well that it might even be able to tell that you might not even be able to tell if it was your cellmate for a day or two. It had to be good. He poised one night. He would expect a skinwalker to jump at any opportunity for a kill. But this one realized it had a revolving door of people to kill coming to it. A masterfully bitted its time, as Carl thought for years. A lot of guys found humor in it. A lot more were really on edge about it. Every once in a while in prison, people snap. Sometimes you'll find their cellmate swinging in front of your bunk, strung up around the neck by his pant leg. Sometimes you just can't take it anymore. But in our yard, people tend to snap in a very special way. It wouldn't be an outburst at dinner or a silent suicide in the night. Guys would just stop talking, hunch over, and shuffle around. Any friendships they would be mostly out the window. They would turn into a loner during wreck time. They would let their hair hang in their face. No one liked to talk about it. Like, if they did, it would happen to them next. I felt the same way. I didn't know if it was a skinwalker or just people going crazy but I didn't want to find out. It wasn't clockwork or anything, but every time someone snapped in this way, it wasn't more than a couple of weeks before they were shipped off or transferred to God knows where without anyone else knowing beforehand. Then there was the nightmare occurrences. Short, loud bursts of sound echoed through my cell block during all hours of the night on a regular basis. 
It sounded like a mix between a pig dying, squeals, and nails on a chalkboard. Just another thing no one liked to talk about. Even scarier were the shadows and the footsteps. The block was dimly illuminated in the night by a few lights hanging from the ceilings outside the sails. I myself saw shadows flit across my walls on a regular occasion. When there was definitely no guards near my cell. One time, near the end of my sentence, I woke up, looked at the back wall, and found a perfect silhouette of a person standing there. But when I looked, my bunk weight was asleep, and no one was outside my cell. And the footsteps. Everyone hated the fucking footsteps. They were the scariest part. In the night, sometimes more rarely than the shadows, you would hear ungodly fast footsteps. They sounded like wet slapping on a tile floor. Whatever caused them would fly from one end of the block to the other in a dead sprint. Whatever it was, it was inhumanly fast. If you happened to be awake before it started, by the time you heard the footsteps on the side of your sail and whipped your head around to see them running by, it sounded like they were three sails past you. Everyone hated the footsteps. I agreed. I thought they were the worst. I was released from that place about a month ago, and I have more stories than I can count. I swear, it was nearly my turn about a week before I was discharged. My cellmate and a good friend of mine snapped. In the same kind of way, I didn't sleep for an entire week. Well, I did sleep, of course, but never for more than a few minutes at a time. Never turned my back on the guy. The scariest thing. I woke up one night to him somehow snaking his body through the bars of our sail. For reference, I couldn't get anything past my shoulder through them. The worst part, though, he was coming back into our sail. On the day of my release, I didn't say a word to him. I just left. He seemed fine with it. So, so was I. I made it through 15 years of prison fights, gang disputes, and for all I know, skinwalker abductions. I left the front gates, a free man. As I walked along the fence for the wreck yard, I spotted my cellmate, standing off on his own like he had for the last week or so. I shook my head, not even really sure if it was him anymore. I took the last look over the yard, this time from the other side of the fence. I wish I hadn't. There, standing off on his own, on the other side of the yard, was Carl, slouched over, eyeing the other inmates and twitching menacingly. Oh, damn. Fuck. I mean, I don't want to go to prison. Especially that one in Arizona. <laughs> I really don't want to go to prison. <laughs> but, whoa. Could you imagine, though? Like, just in the middle of the night, you wake up and just, like, some skinny fuck just noodling his way back through your fucking cell door. He's <laughs> just like... Twitching <laughs> manically. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. <laughs> Like, I'd be shitting bricks. I'd throw up. 
<laughs> I think I would probably throw up. Yeah, and it happening time after time after time. 15 years of seeing it. Well, like, fucking somebody murder it, please. Like, there's a bunch of fucking probably super bad people Can you, though? Can you kill a skinwalker? Can you even do that? Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you do? It's a grandmaster. The grandmaster skinwalker. Smart business strategy of being in the prison, though. Oh yeah, it gets all its food coming to it. What do you mean? Yeah, nobody cares about those people. I, okay, I take that back. People care about those people for sure. But if you're like a rapist or like like a bottom end of society like that, and you're doing life for something terrible, skinwalker food. Yeah, you're your fish food at that point. <laughs> <laughs> but holy shit! Do you think the Navajo Indian was really the skinwalker? No, 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 no. I, I think he had the lowdown on the skinwalker, and he's like, yo, skinwalkers be real. My people know about these things. But didn't it say he was twitching at the end? Or is that- it was, I don't know if, if the Navajo Indian was like Carl. I think he said his cellmate, and then his friend were like snapped and going crazy. I think Carl was his friend. And the okay, other person I'm getting that confused then. I am too, because it didn't really specify who was a cellmate and who was his friend. It just said Carl at the end of it, so. But still, nonetheless. Fuck, dude. You're like, just imagine though, like, you're like, 15 years, I did it. I'm out of this bitch. And you look over, and you just see young Carl just like. Just, that, that was twitching, staring, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> staring menacingly at the other cellmates, like, who am I going to eat next? Uh, dude, or I'm just going to wear your skin. <laughs> yeah, because you can't do anything to me. I'm just going to wear someone's skin. Cause do you think it eats the body? Like, it eats the rest of the body and the bones and all the that? inside out. That's and then, what yeah, I'm and thinking. It's, and then it's, it just, like, comes out like a shadow. It's like a vacuum. It's like... <laughs> yeah. And then it just, like, slithers its way into its corpse. And then it's just, like, twitching. <laughs> And that's why it's the broken. Because it's like over bloated and it's like trying to fill out every crevice with like the stuff that I just ate. And it's like actually like one of those um like silly putty things that you just like push into <laughs> something and it just like fills it out. <laughs> oh, it's a silly putty snake. Man, but I'm definitely going to say that this one bumps. Bump, 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 And again, this has been episode 22 of What Goes Bump in the Night. What? Goes Bump. On episode seven of Does It Go Bump? Does it go bump? Does it found go out bump? two stories right in your face again. And they bumping. And they bumping. They bumping like two twins on a Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. funny because you're a twin. Yeah, I know. It's enough joking around now. So I've had a blast. Riley's had a blast. This is awesome. I can't wait to do the next episode for you guys. And uh if you want. Go back, check out all of our prior episodes, prior recaps, all that goodness on, oh, let me think, Google Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify, uh, Podbean, of course. Yeah, Podbean is that, that shizwack. And uh, check back on Instagram and Facebook for all of our other content needs and wants and whatnots. (laughs) (laughs) And updates on merch. Yep, and I uh, want to thank everybody again for sticking with us and just, oh, I can't say how much I love our fans and how great you guys are. You guys are the best. 22 countries, we can't believe it. Not only that, you guys have helped us like triple the amount of plays that we've gotten in just literally over a month. So, like, bravo. Bravo to you. You guys keep are amazing. Listening. We'll keep coming with the hardcore, hardcore scary hardcore. stories. <laughs> we'll keep our quirky... Uh, 
quirky selves coming. And uh, just remember, folks, to keep your ears and eyes open for what really goes bump in the night.